Welcome to the Marketing and Other Markets podcast with me, Matt Muscat. This is a podcast for real estate industry professionals who are doers. Each episode will feature an interview with a top producer or someone who's doing things differently in an exciting way. For those who already know me or have read my books and blogs, my brand of marketing is tangible and repeatable because we don't all need to reinvent the wheel. In every episode, my promise to you is that you will leave with at least one tangible idea that you can execute on today. sitting here today with Nick Bastianelli, a realtor in the Metro Detroit area. Um, funny enough, I grew up with Nick. We went to the same grade school, Little St. Edith in, in Livonia, Michigan, and we probably didn't talk for, for 15, 17, 18 years. And then all of a sudden, power of social media, we realized that we both worked in, uh, in what we would both call the greatest industry in our real estate. And this series of uh, marketing talks that you're seeing right now, this is a series I've wanted to do for a while. It's talking to real estate agents from around the country in markets other than where I'm from, which is Grand Rapids. And for Nick's audience, it's talking to real estate professionals markets other than where he is, which is me in his case. So what we're going to be doing is every week, we're going to be talking to a different real estate professional from around the country so that we can find out what's working in their neck of the woods, how they got started, where their business is coming from and share any tips and tricks. Uh, I think the greatest thing about this industry is that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can simply find really talented people in all areas of the country and the world, find out what they're doing, what's working for them, and then figure out how to find a way to make that your own. So Nick, uh, just to get started here, how long have you been in the business and what, what, is your, what does your business look like? Sure. So I just rolled over two years of having my license. I think I passed the test something like June 24th of 2018. Um, my wife and I owned CrossFit gyms for some time. I really just only began in real estate because my mentor of a very long time, uh, he's been a broker for 20, 25 years. He asked me to come on part-time and then it just really quickly snowballed into full-time. So um, yeah, very grateful that happened. Okay. So you're coming in your second year in real estate. And I know if you look at the statistics out there, new realtors, new salespeople in general, in general, don't do amazing their first two years. Yeah. What, what, uh, what was your production like in terms of units and volume your first year? And then where are you on track to be for your second year? Sure. Okay. So, um, let's see. I, it took a couple months for me to do my first transaction. I wasn't taking it very seriously. So from like June took me till about November of 2018 to do my first one. And then once I did my first house, I was off to the races. We began immediately planning to sell our businesses so that I could go in full-time. Uh, 2019, that was the goal um, it, to just really phase in 100%. And so we did. Um, I can't remember if I sold 19 or 20 units. It was just under $5 million. Um, I started the year with a goal of 10 total houses and crushed that. So I was very happy. Um, and then this year, by the middle of July in like three weeks, I will have 5.25 million done for this year. So yeah, doing well. Okay. Happy. And where, if everything kind of goes according to plan, where do you think you'll end 2020 at? Okay. So the minimum goal was 10 million this year and the stretch goal was 15. Because of coronavirus, I'm not certain if I can hit 15. It's possible if I get some large transactions in, which I do have a few in my pipeline. Um, but I definitely will hit 10 million for sure this year. Awesome. So yep. whether you know this or not, 
ten million dollars your second year in real estate, not even your second full year, is a huge, huge amount of business. Especially when we compare. I mean, to anyone listening to this out there, Nick is not in Beverly Hills. He's not in Manhattan. Transaction. What's the average uh, transaction size where you are? So my last year, my average transaction was two hundred eighteen thousand, something like that, maybe two twenty eight. This year, I'm working very diligently to continue to increase my price. My average price this year, I'm at like 288. I don't know what it is for the market, but those are mine. So I know in my market, um, two the average price right now is about 250, and I would assume yep. yours is probably 15 percent higher in, yeah. in the in the northern in the southern Oakland County, northern Wayne County area. Yeah, I think that's probably realistic. Yeah. Okay. So you know, we talk about you know, you, you mentioned a word, and it was you mentioned when you first got your first deal done. That's when the ball really got rolling. So that's that's a term yeah. we like to call the snowball effect. So yep. when you first got started, what do you think was it was it owning the CrossFit gyms? Like how did you get how did you do so well your first year? Where did you meet these people? How did they find out that you were a realtor? Did you already have trust yep. with them? like what did that look like for you? How did you leverage what you had before? You know, this isn't like your first job out of college. How did yeah. you leverage all of your life experience in order to to make real estate work for you and your clients? Sure. Yeah. So I am, I've been entrepreneurial my whole life. So, um, I'm very grateful. I had already been running businesses for seven years, my wife and I, so, um, you know, all that stuff kind of rolled over, right? Like I had a framework for blocking my day. Like I'm huge on schedules. I wake up at the same time every day. I do the same things. I just knew that if I identified the few basic things I needed to repeatedly do and be consistent with in real estate, that I would probably be successful, even if I wasn't great off the bat. I just needed to be more consistent than others. So I sat down and built a schedule right away, which I think was helpful. But the biggest thing is, you know, we were already seven years into owning businesses. We had CrossFit gyms and I had already established like very good, I believe very good relationships with a lot of people through there, right? Like I had gained their trust. I was deeply involved. They knew, um, you know, that I tried to live my life with a certain level of integrity and wanted to be of service to others. Um, and so when I made the transition into real estate, I put a huge post out on social media and I explicitly asked for the business of my friends and family and current clients at our gyms. And, um, you know, one deal turned into two and honestly, um, you know, all, of, not all, almost all of my businesses is just from referrals, right? Like leveraging relationships and, um, you know, the trust I have already built with others throughout my life to grow my business. You know, I like helping the people that I know and love already. I think that's a great point. I mean, when you start, when you start by leveraging your number one asset, which is trust and connections, you start yeah. off in such, in such a better place. How many people would you say were in your database when you first got started? Oh man, I didn't have a database, but the amount of people that I, I am very lucky that I know a lot of people, um, you know, just from school, like being very involved throughout Eastern Michigan and then being really involved in the CrossFit community, you know, competing, being pretty active generally on social media throughout the years, like keeping up with people I grew up with. So I don't have a specific number and I definitely did not start with an organized database. That's still a, a big weak point for me, but um, I definitely had a, a lot of good relationships that I could call on. Okay. Awesome. What, um, so 
what are some of the ways, so you mentioned that you deliberately asked for referrals and this is something we talk about all the time, right? Like weak salespeople yeah. take given to them. Good salespeople ask specifically for business. Can you give us a couple yeah. examples of ways that you ask your, your friends, your clients, your family for business? Sure. Yeah. So I have two little daughters and I teach them all the time that good questions get good answers. And so that's, something that I think about all the time is trying to be like a really active listener. And then also, you know, use my words in a way, I, in a useful way. Right. So there are many things that I do throughout my day, um, in order to generate business that are just routine. Right. So, so I'm pretty active on social media. I think I'm okay at that. I definitely go, you know, in times where I'm very active and not, but literally every single post ends with some version of the same exact thing. Are you or any of your friends and family looking to buy or sell real estate? If so, I'd love to be of service. Please feel free to call, text, DM, or email me. Here's my information. So that's way number one. Um, way number two is I regularly reach out to family and friends. You know, anybody who talks to me about real estate and say like, hey, if it ever comes up and you know somebody, I'd just love to talk to them and see if I can be of service. No pressure. Like if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I'm very not afraid to refer out business. You know, I'm not, I don't need all the business. I just need the stuff that I like doing. Um, and then one more really big way I ask for referrals is every time I complete a transaction, I have a loose, I have a template that I customize per that person and their transaction and the things we experienced that says like, Hey, so-and-so I'm so grateful. I had the opportunity to be of service to you and buying or selling your home, whatever, maybe both. Um, you know, I'm really trying to build up my reviews online, you know, here are the links, please copy and paste. And then the end is, you know, my business is built on referrals. You know, if you know anybody, please feel free to send them over to me. Um, I'd love to chat with them and see if I can help. So I just try to ask regularly often and tell people exactly what I'm looking for. Like, you know, I refer out stuff that that's, not, I'm not great for me. You know, I do just residential and yeah, I don't know. Try to be clear. In terms of, I know I see your stuff on Instagram quite a bit, and it seems like yep. you do a really great job of staying consistent with posting. Can you kind of give people some examples of some of the posts that you've done that have generated you more business or more engagement? Sure. Yes. So my best posts are when I give legit, like, when I give real, like, stories about real estate, right? So my closing pictures. I are by far my most liked interacted with social media stuff. Right. So when I'm like, Hey, I helped Matt get a house. It took us 45 days to identify the perfect house. We were in a bid war with nine people. We won, flew through quick close, no issues, blah, 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 or vice versa. I'm not afraid to tell people if there was bumps along the road, the real content is what is good for me. Right. I'm consistent. Like every listing I get, I do coming soon, just listed and then pending. And then I try and do sold. So I try and get four posts out of every home. Um, but like, you know, the real like relationship connection type of stuff is what actually gets interaction. I think you said two, you said a lot there, but you said two really, really important, interesting things. I think the first thing is that you talked about the fact that, yes, you post the picture of after closing with the family, with the house, whatever, but you really talked about how you post the story. And I think when you take each and every closing and you turn it into a story of like, 
this is how it started. This is what we overcame. This is yeah. what the results that we, that we achieved. All of a sudden, each and every transaction is a story and a narrative that your other customers or future customers can kind of grab onto. Oh my gosh, the beginning of this, this client's narrative is the same as is where we are now. Right. We, he can get us to the finish line here. And I yeah. think it's a really important thing to do as many of those as possible because a lot of people, it's crazy out there, especially first-time homebuyers, don't exactly know what they should be looking for in a realtor oh, yeah. or in a salesperson. Yeah. So when you tell that story and you give them that this is, this is how someone chose to work with me, this is how I helped them, this is what they achieved, all of a sudden yeah. you have a start and ending and a finish line. And it's yeah. so much more relatable to people. I love that. Keep keep up yeah. the great work. Anyone out there that's not doing that, you are absolutely crazy. The second yeah. thing I heard you say is consistency. Yeah. And I think that's the number one thing that I, most salespeople miss out on, right? So I think yeah. if you, you said for every single listing or buyer you get, it's four posts. And mm-hmm. sure, at the beginning of someone's career, that could be difficult because if you only have one, that's only four yeah. for the month. Yeah. But, you know, I think a lot of people too, if you're new, you can look at the other agents in your office, you know, find the old guy that has yeah. 10 things that he's not marketing on social media at all and say, Hey, yep. would it be cool if like I kind of marketed your properties, gave you credit, blah, blah, blah. It'll help you. It'll help me. Um, yeah. you can talk about their client's stories. And I sure. think especially like if you're an agent or, you know, a lender or a salesperson that's in a bigger company or bigger brokerage and you're new, you can use the assets in the, the ammo that your other agent friends have in order to, to solicit your own business, to tell other people's stories because they are your stories. They're from your brokerage. I think it's one of the best parts of being on a team, being in a brokerage is that you can market what other people are doing. Yeah. So that, that, that's kind of how it all started. It just seemed like an easy win-win for me. Like, you know, so in the beginning when I was, you know, just building my business, I did two things. I asked the brokers in my office if I could share their listings and I tried to share listings that I would want to actually sell. And then every single Friday I booked showings at exactly the homes I wanted to sell in the neighborhoods I wanted to sell. And I streamed it on Instagram, like in my stories. And that became like a huge thing. Like I get so many messages every single Friday of like, Hey, I love this house. Where's it at? Can you tell me more? I love seeing this weekly. Obviously, I had to stop that due to quarantine, and I got to start that back up. But, you know, that's why I came up with four posts per house because I was like, I got one house. You know, I got to milk this thing. So, you know, I had to find good content to talk about. Well, I think, you know, when we talk about finding great content in real estate, we work in the easiest industry in the world for that because I feel like the yeah. only topic that everybody out there cares about is, is real estate and maybe, you know, maybe sports a little bit too, but sure. Um, you know, politics is overdone right now, so we don't even need to talk about that. Oh, but every yes. listing is unique, and I think there's a big opportunity when you're looking for pictures to find the unique photo of a property rather than just the outside of the home. Yeah. And so many realtors just post like the exterior shot of the front, and I know yep. I don't know if area you're in is, is still like I remembered it, but there's so many neighborhoods where every house looks the same. You know, a yep, builder went through sure in the '90s and built like. 400 houses and everyone's the same. That's not going to be the most Instagrammable picture of the house, right? No, you got to go not. inside. You got to find that gem. Yep. Um, and so I think too, like when you're on showings, if you see something really interesting and really marketable, take a picture of it. I know one, one agent I work with found a urinal in the house 
Nice. Now, <laughs> we all see urinals every day. I mean, the guys out there hopefully see them every day in public, right. but you don't see them in houses. So if you take a picture of something really weird that's in a house, it's just a fun, unique way to engage your audience about about real estate um, and hopefully totally. get some I love that. Do you, do you do anything with like the messenger functions? I know you and I initially connected, reconnected over messenger a lot on Instagram. Do you, is that a strategy you use with, with other, with others as well? Yeah. So I, I do. Right. So I'm not, I don't know. I, I enjoy social media. Like I said, I go, I go very much in waves. I've read a little bit about how to like, you know, get a good profile and whatnot. So I try to engage with others on my, I have a, this is a note. I don't know if this is good or bad, but it's what I do. It's good for me. I have a like personal specific Instagram, which is, you know, just life stuff. And then I have a realtor specific because I didn't want to like muddy the waters, right? Like the people who are following my realtor page, they're there for a reason. That's what I want to give them. Um, so I make sure to get on that um, account every single day and interact with others, right? Because I know, I think that if you interact with others on your profile, it probably makes me, you know, I don't know, people think about me more, I suppose, in that capacity. So, you know, I'll click on people's stories, send them a message like, hey, love this, happy birth, whatever. Um, so I don't have anything automated in that regard, but it is definitely a conscious strategy where I try and send people messages and just let them know that like, hey, I'm watching, like I'm thinking about you, hope you're well, just commenting on their life, be part yeah. of it. Well, I think there's a, there's a psychological effect called the Hawthorne effect. It basically states that the minute someone knows that someone else is watching, they perform better. And they perform oh. in the way that you want them to perform. So cool. all of a sudden, someone that knows that you're watching their stories every day, they're going to yeah. feel embarrassed if they're posting that they're buying a house using any realtor other than you because they know ah. you're going to see it. So whether, whether they're choosing to work with you because they genuinely know you're the best or because they don't want <laughs> to make you feel bad, it doesn't matter. Right. It's a deal. Um, Great. I love well, the, the author effect. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, it was originally a study done about like workers in factories, and if they knew the boss was watching, they performed better. Um, ah, cool. But the other cool thing you're doing is those messages back and forth. The minute you message someone and they respond to you, and it's two-way communication, the algorithm on Facebook and Instagram is tripped to show them your statuses and your stories more often. So like, cool. yeah, like, so if you're posting a new listing and you haven't messaged anyone in the last like six months, the only people that are going to see that post are people who are like already following you quite a bit. But when you start seeing people back and forth, all of a sudden you see their stuff at the top of your newsfeed. Um, Right. So if you have a big, you know, a tip would be like, let's say you're listing a house in Royal of Michigan. Yep. The day before you go to list that house, start messaging every single person you know in Royal Oak, Michigan, getting them huh. to interact with you. And then the next day when you post that, that listing, all those people in that city are going to be seeing it um, more prevalently than had you not messaged them. How cool is that? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So I, I do think all this, so, like, I, I don't know that at all, but I, I do spend a pretty good amount of time on social media. And I... I tend to get a lot, I don't know, this is going to, I don't mean to sound arrogant, but I get a ton of views on stuff because anytime a listing's about to go live, I just blast it everywhere on social media and like try to send it out to other people. So like a listing I had go live last week, it already went to multiple offers, highest and best. Um, We had like 2,500 views within the first 48 hours and I did zero paid advertising. There was like, I don't know, 150 saves. And I was 
you know, it's really great. And I, I very much attribute that to just, just sharing it on every aspect of social media. Absolutely. Post, story, asking others to share as well. Well, and part of what I, what I can gather from you already is that you kind of mentioned like, Hey, like social media is not like, you don't love it, but yeah. you love what it does for your business. It's very and useful. <laughs> I think, I think that's something that's okay for people to realize out there. I think there's yeah. so many people that don't love social media for like personal yeah. use, but yeah. if it's something that's helping your business, it can be part of your time block and it can be part of your strategy. It's just, it's like you wake up every day, you go to work and that's part of your job. Right. It's no yep. different than your boss saying, Hey, I need these TPS reports on my desk. It's you're your own boss in this industry. <laughs> and you see yeah, a little reference to the, to there office. we go. Yeah. But, um, man, it's just an easy way to, to think about social media is if it's just work, it's what you do yeah. and you look for the expected results you want. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Um, what, um, what skills are you working on right now? So obviously, you're in a really interesting place in your career. You're, you're about to finish your second year. It's going to be your best year ever. You're already ahead of 79, 80% of all other realtors around the country. What, mm -hmm. what are you looking on to improve? Because I know when we talked on our call before the call, you, you had a lot of goals, a lot of plans, and you, you talk a lot about sure. self-improvement. Yeah, so that's an area I try to spend a lot of time. Like I have same morning routine I do every day. Um, but it, uh, specifically related to real estate, I'm at a point where um, I, I'm learning how to explain this very well because I'm super grateful for how busy I am. Um, it's a great a great challenge to have so much business, but I'm very time-strapped right now. I'm very time-challenged. Um, and I have two young daughters and a wife that I, you know, they're like my primary. Yeah, I love them, man. They're my <laughs> primary goal, right? Like I work because I enjoy doing things with my family. Yeah. Um, and so I'm very clear on that. And so I'm at a point where I'm just doing a ton of observation because like you said early in our, you know, this talk, I know that I don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? It's real estate. Like it's been around forever. There are people who just crush my numbers in a month. Um, and so I'm, I'm really observing and um, getting, I'm trying to clarify which direction I want to go as a business, right? Like I know I need to start leveraging other people's time. Um, like people leverage, like, you know, I need some staff, some support in some way. And I'm trying to decide if I really want to go like the team route or kind of stay as a single agent with, like we talked about yesterday with, you know, a showing partner and admin support. So, um, I'm, I'm definitely at the point where that needs to happen. Um, and so it's time to level up. So that's what I'm doing. Awesome. I know one of the other things we talked about yesterday is that your big thing is you really, really like showing true value to your customers. Can yeah. you, I know a lot of customers will end up watching this because they're going to be curious to get a look inside <laughs> yeah. of the realtor's perspective. What, yep. I guess, what do you find that you do for your customers better than others? And I mean, every realtor out there has their own unique spin. Yeah. But um, sure. as you know, father of two young girls, as like, you know, someone who's your age and your unique life situation, what, yep. what is a customer going to get from you? And what are you, what are you hoping that you're going to be giving to each customer you work with? Sure. Yeah. So yeah, to reiterate, that is my primary goal is to be of maximum service to others. And I, it sounds like a schmoozy thing, but it is real for me. Um, that's literally the only thing I care about. So like I said before, if I'm not a great fit for somebody or I can't be of maximum service, I'm okay with, uh, you know, just finding them. I want yeah. to get people to their end goal, right? I don't have the scarcity mindset that I need to take every single job. Like I just want to do the best job that I can. Um, 
but what I think that I do that's special um, and unique is my dad's been a new construction builder my entire life. I did construction. I am, I just am obsessed with housing, <laughs> like how to build housing. And so I think my showings are different. And I know that they are like, I walk into a house and I know that it's very easy for buyers um, to make emotional decisions based on how a kitchen and bathroom looks. And that's cool. But if you're not super informed about how homes are built or you haven't done it before, it's easy to get, um, to not make the best decision. Right. So like mm -hmm. I'm looking behind the scenes and I'm making sure a home is structurally intact. And like, I, I'm very involved in the investment community here and I have a ton of friends who flip full time and have rentals and that's their whole life. Um, you know, I'm very involved in new construction. So like I can go in and tell you like within a couple hundred dollars, what it's going to cost to renovate your kitchen. If you tell me what you want to put in it. And I know that that number is accurate. That I think is one of the most valuable services that a realtor can provide because yeah. every single house is not a perfect canvas going in and it can take especially in the tight inventory market that we're in i mean i think for anyone yeah. out there watching who doesn't know the entire country has a shortage of inventory so if you want to sell your house there's someone to buy it but yeah you, when you go into I'll a house client yeah you'll be nick can be that guy for you i will uh, be that guy <laughs> when you walk into a house you need someone with you that can kind of get you past what you see because what yeah. you see is not what you can get I mean, yep. little things alone, like, hey, like you can change the carpet out. It's a, it's a $500 change. You can change these lighting fixtures out. This won't be yep. here when you buy. The seller is cleaning this up. I mean, some of those things are so huge. And knowing that having the builder's knowledge like you have is, is a really big asset because customers can kind of get some of that pre-inspection advice sure. before paying for that inspection and, you know, talking points in and out of a house based on exactly. that yeah, I and I find that I, I save a lot of time in that way, right? Because yeah. I don't get houses that are going to have huge inspection problems under contract ever. Like, ever. I don't, I've never really, I've had one house that I've had to walk away from for inspection issues in the two years, and I was out of town and somebody else showed it for me from my office. So, <laughs> like, that's huge for me, you know? Like, I don't want to waste time and I don't want my people to pay for an inspection on a home that's not going to be good. I mean, I think that's a huge piece of value to your customers. If they work with you, they save time. And I can tell yeah. you, I think anyone, especially in a, in a higher end price range where time is of the essence, or even just yep. anyone who's looked at a hundred houses, I mean, it's not yeah. fun after the first five, right? Like showing no. houses when you're a buyer, it's not fun after like you lose out on five offers and you've seen uh. So working with someone that can really get you there faster and with a little bit more advice is huge. And I think for other realtors out there that aren't builders and that aren't familiar with with that kind of stuff think about like what other skills you have i mean some agents have an amazing eye for design like interior design yeah. some agents i work with are master landscapers and can come up with that perfect plan for the exterior of the home you know yep. think about out there guys like whatever your other skill set is and how that can add to real estate so yep. that's most of what i wanted to ask you today nick um for your audience out there what questions do you have uh for me well, I'm super, well, first of all, congratulations on your book. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy to see that. I ordered my copy today and already posted about it on Facebook. Thank I will you. also share it on Instagram. Um, I've just been very impressed with, just in our conversations, how willing you have been to just help me, like just give useful, solid advice. So I just want to say thanks for that. 
Um, no you should read Matt's book if you're watching this. Um, but anyways, my biggest question, I don't, you know, what would be your, you've given me so many tips already, but for like new agents, like I talked, I get at least one or two people a week who reaches out to me, you know, sees how real estate has gone for me in the first two years and they want to get started. Right. And I have a clear blueprint of the stuff that I did, but I'm just curious, you know, you have a lot of contacts as well. Like, what do you tell new agents? Like, what's the big things you tell them in order to be successful? So I think the big thing with new agents, and I can tell you, I do probably 10 meetings a week with specifically new agents their first month in the business. And oh. I, then for me, my whole thing in the same way that I'm having conversations with you, if I can have an impact on someone in the beginning of their career, my relationship with them will be 10 times stronger 10 years later when they're, you know, a mega producer. Yeah. And I think when you as a realtor have an impact to the first time home buyer on their first house and it's, yeah. you seriously got them through the weeds and into that perfect house and it was an ordeal, but you made it happen. The relationship yeah. is forged for life. So yeah. the framework of kind of what I do, but I'd say the biggest question I ask them, number one is why did you get into real estate and where do you expect your business to come from? If they, if they answer the why do, where do you expect your business to come from and they say, my broker's going to send it to me, yeah, like nine times out of ten, they're not going to make it. But if they say, hey, you know what, I, I have this experience from my other life. I was you know, a teacher and so I know, thousands, I know everyone that's ever gone through XYZ school district. It's how are they going to leverage their past experience and database? And then the first tip is, okay, in order to market, you need all of your contacts in one organized place. Name, phone number, email address, how you know them, what city they live in, et cetera. Because you can't do marketing without people to market to. Yeah. And then the second thing is you have to write down what your value proposition is gonna be. You absolutely have to be able to write down why you are worth that three to 6% commission or more, you know, if you wanna charge 10, that's cool with me. Um, and you can make it worth it. I mean, there are realtors that charge 10% commission but they're worth it. I mean, I know one guy who physically moves all of your stuff out of your house before he lists your house, moves you into a rental property he has, and then move, helps you move back into your new house. I mean, that's a 10% wow. commission service level, but you need to write down your value proposition and then right. you need to stay committed to it. And if you know who you're going to market to, what value you're going to market, then you need to time block your marketing activities. So in the same way that you said Facebook, Instagram, reaching out to past customers, you need to come up with a couple strategies. And a couple really easy ones if you have none of your own business would be every single day, look at what new listings came on the market in a certain city, and then choose 10 people from your phone, from your Facebook list, from your Instagram list, to personally send that to. With a little note that says, hey, haven't talked to you in a while, man, but I know you live in Rockford and this just popped up on your street, thought you'd wanna know what homes were going for near you. All huh. you're doing with this is you're trying to get people curious about real estate again. Yeah. And you're trying to show them that you're the expert. This is something that any new agent can do, any existing agent can do. If you're having a slow week, do it. Um, yeah. Those are the basic types of tips that I would give to a brand new agent man. But other than that, I would also tell them, you know, look at, look at what advantages you have over the other 3,000 agents in your market and then leverage that to the, to the gills. Like, who do you know? Who, who can you shadow in your office? Who can you talk to? What, what customers do you have that could be referral partners for you rather than just clients. I mean, so many times people get stuck when it comes to looking for customers that'll buy houses for them and they forget about the people that could be long lasting, uh, you know, referral partners. 
know, if you right. know someone who's a hairdresser, for instance, I want to give a shout out to the hardworking hair hairdressers out there. They have yeah. more conversations in a day than we have in a week, right? They're like, they're having personal deep conversations with every customer in their chair. If you make them feel special and you, and they know that you want referrals from them, they will refer to you a lot. Yeah. So look for, look for opportunities in your network of people that can be referral partners for you rather than just customers. Um, and that would be my other big piece of advice for, for anyone new in real estate or just that needs a little bit of a, a recharge. Yeah. I never, that idea about looking at like cool listings in your area and sending it to, that is such a good idea. I never yeah. thought about leveraging something that I just, in a conversation with somebody that I hadn't even talked to about real estate, right? Like that's so useful and not invasive in any way. Like it's just like, hey, let, let me be of service to you by telling you what things are selling for, which is so cool. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, growing up in Plymouth, my parents' realtor who I've never met, but uh, I, I talk about her in every presentation I do. She used to send out a quarterly newsletter all throughout the 90s and early 2000s. I have no idea if she's still alive. And it would yeah. simply talk about, hey, you're on this street. Here's the 10 houses that sold within half a mile of you in the last quarter. And people cool. always read it because people want to know what stuff is selling for. Right? Yeah. Like, your real estate is your biggest investment if you're under the age of 40, right? Like very few people have $200,000 saved up. However, a lot of people have a $200,000 house. And so totally. knowing what check what you have is a huge, huge deal. And when you update people on what homes are selling for near them, it then begs the question, what is my home worth? And that's yeah. where you can kind of go in for the, hey, let me be a value to you and tell you what your home is worth. And it's yeah. a great opportunity to reconnect. And then just start a conversation. Super cool. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for thanks for taking the time to give everyone out there some some insight into how you were able to build your business in, in two years and to kind of tell us where you're going. Um, yep. We're going to be doing one of these every week. So cool. feel free to connect with me on uh, social media and Matt Muscat. Connect with Nick, Nick, Nick Bastianelli. Uh, either one of us is happy to talk to you about marketing, about real estate, about life, about anything else you want to talk about. I'll talk about food as well. Um, yeah. And if you're, in, if you're in the Metro Detroit area or you have clients that are moving from anywhere in the country to Metro Detroit, Nick does an awesome job. I have personally referred him customers who've had nothing but great things to say. And uh, I'm sure if you connect with Nick, he'd be happy to send you business in your market as well. Uh, sure. If you haven't checked out my book yet, it's Tag, the Tangible Action Guide for Real Estate Marketing, available on Amazon. And if you want to just message me, I'll give you all the tips for free as well. So thanks, everybody. Thank you, Matt.